0: Welcome to the Jay Martin Show. Now, my guest today is E.B. Tucker, and he is always super fun to talk to you. I like E.B. because he came from the financial newsletter business, and he doesn't do that anymore. He actually has a bit of an allergic reaction to selling investors anything, which I really appreciate. Today, he just manages his own cash and does so very effectively. He's also the author of a book called Why Gold, Why Now, which could lead you to believe that E.B. is a vicious gold bug and recommends a high percentage of gold ownership, but that's actually not the case. Uh, the percentage of gold that EB recommends you own is actually relatively small, but it's for a specific reason. And so we get into that today. And I appreciate that because I own gold, but relative to my net worth, it's not uh, you know an intimidating number. However, you know, I continue to accumulate. I have for the last seven, eight years. I intend to for the rest of my life. And the purpose for me is the financial confidence that it gives me, the psychological confidence that it gives me knowing that if need be, I can be my own bank, right? And I like having that. It's definitely not enough to retire on, but it is enough to survive a crisis. And that's the purpose that gold should be in your portfolio, a lifeboat, just in case. Anyways, EB is always fun to talk to you. This conversation was no exception. As you know, I write a weekly newsletter. I publish every Sunday. I absolutely love writing it. And I'll pop the link down in the show notes. I share my biggest takeaways, my biggest lessons learned, any action items I might be taking in the market or elsewhere in my life as a consequence of these conversations. So there's a link in the show notes to subscribe. And I'd love to have you join the team. Here's E.B. Tucker. All right, I'm back with E.B. Tucker. E.B., how you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back on. Look, um, there's a whole bunch of different directions I want to take this conversation, but why don't we start just to give our audience some context. Um, E.B., if I give you $1 million right now and told you your time horizon was 10 years and your only goal is to retain the purchasing power of that wealth, where does that money go?
1: Royalties. No doubt about it. Royalties, royalties are uh, perpetual. There's three things. Number one, they're perpetual. So they never, they never go away. Number, number two, they're non-dilutable, which means that uh, nobody can come along and uh, issue more stock and dilute your royalty. And number three, they are free carried interest. Free carried interest means that uh, that's what you hear about with private equity and all these things. Free carried interest means uh, if they find more copper in the ground or, or, or nickel or gold or whatever you, you want to spread them out i mean it's not like you want just one royalty you want you want as many royalties as you can possibly get jay That that's what you want you know it's kind of like having a tax on the future you know governments governments have a tax and they say to you hey man you go make as much money as you can because we're going to get our whatever percentage we're extracting from you forever so the higher the price the better that's what governments say to you right or royalty royalty where the word royal royalty comes from royal okay that's what the queen says. Hey, Canada, you, you guys knock yourself out. Uh, you know, you do is do the best you can. Cause I'm taking my piece of whatever happens. I mean, right. so think about it. That's that, a million, million dollars, by the way, a million dollars ain't what it used to be. Okay. So, but million dollars, 10 years, that's what you do with it. You know, you preserves, it, it, it grows and you don't have to worry about some of these things that are big, big problems right now.
0: And you're talking about precious metals and base metals royalties, right?
1: Well, I mean, you can do it two ways. Like one, one, one is you can you can you can spread the money out. I mean, I, I mean, I've got I've got gold and silver royalties. I've got copper nickel royalties. I've got uh, uh, nature based carbon royalties. Mm. You know, on on mangrove yeah. plots and all this stuff. Okay, yeah. but if you if you can pick your own flavor, you know, you can you can say, well, I like oil and gas, and I want oil and gas royalties. That's fine. It's 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 whatever. I don't I don't know that it's fair to say that I I happen to like gold. I mean, as you see, I wrote a book about gold and I explained why I started a royalty company. But but I happen to understand gold. It, it makes uh, I understand the business. I'm very connected to the business. It's a it's a flavor that I enjoy. But some people might not like that. They might they might have a Tesla and they might say, you know what? I understand copper and nickel because I drive that every day and I understand that that's the. Bu- yeah, so I mean, I don't think people need to get hung up on on I gotta take this medicine even though I don't like it. I mean, this is your life, right? Like this is what people don't understand is that you've gotta do what you feel good about. You know, I mean I know guys that that have investments that I think are crazy, but at the end of the day, they say, you know what, this is what I do, this is what I like, and I'm happy. And 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 you know, for me, like the markets have been tough this year for people. Um my Lifestyle and sleeping regiment and all this stuff hasn't changed at all because because I'm I'm very happy with my with what I own. I mean, I'm not sitting there biting my nails thinking, "Boy, what should I do now?" I mean, I don't. Know. I, I I I'm very deliberate, and and therefore, a lot of the stuff that happens in the market, it's not really a surprise. That's how I feel. You know, that and and it doesn't mean that doesn't mean Jay that I'm that I'm that it's better. It just means that like that's my philosophy. It has been. For many, many years. And it is with my personal relationships too. Like a lot of the people that know me, they, they know that hey, EV is gonna tell you I did this because I feel like that's the right thing to do. And I'm very mm-hmm. sorry that you're upset. But by doing that, you don't lose any sleep ever. You don't ever you don't ever have to go around saying you're sorry and all this, you know, because and you do that with your money too. So you so you want to think about it with your money and say, wait a minute, I don't need to hit grand slams all the time. I do, I need to assess the situation. And I need to do what I think is the best move. And then that's it. Then I just enjoy, enjoy the ride.
0: So if I were to change the language of that question a little bit, and so the purpose now isn't to retain the purchasing power, but it's to seek at risk the greatest upside potential. So you know it's a bit of a speculation, EB. You're willing to take that risk. Then where does that money go? Where is the greatest upside potential, same time horizon? Where do you go?
1: Well, I, I, I suspect that, that carbon offset royalties probably will end up being the most lucrative thing I've ever done in life. I mean, I, 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 that, but we're, again, we're, we're guessing. Um, uh, you know, gold royalties make the most sense to me. I, 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 I bet you from here to 2030, one of the defining trillion dollar megatrends is carbon offsets, because what's happening is all these companies, okay, I have friends right now, today, just, I just had to cancel a call before I got on with you, that are with the CEO of a major tech company having this exact conversation, because the tech company CEO's promised net zero, but right. has no idea how to do it. No clue. So, you know, my friends are saying, what do we do? Because we don't know what to tell him, you know, and I'm saying, okay, okay, well, I mean, he's got to offset, you know, he's got to figure out his carbon footprint. So I mean, we have, a, we know a company that could do that for him. And he's got to assess the situation. He's got to offset that. He's got to do it with nature-based solutions, with machine solutions, all this stuff. Okay, this is not the only conversation. This is what's going on in every C-suite. So, so my suspicion is from here to 2030, okay, now after 2030, It's not going to be acceptable to offset your carbon footprint anymore. You're actually going to have to have no carbon footprint. So that's a whole different ballgame. But from here to the end of the decade, you have this massive rush of capital. My partners say there's $9 trillion per year being invested in the bridge to net zero. And what that means is that's everything from new technologies to to the transitional energy. uh, it's, It's everything together. But think about it. Nine trillion dollars. I mean, that that's that's about eleven percent of world GDP that's going into this this. And so this is crazy. So so back to the original thing. My you want to have so you don't want to just have one investment. I mean, that's that's only rookies do that. Okay. So you know, I have a big investment in in carbon royalties. I mean, I started a whole company there. You know, I I I put the whole thing together, raised the money, got a lot of stuff going on there. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm a lot, but However, I love the gold realty business. I, I really love it. I mean, I, I, I sit on the Metalla board calls and I'm like, I could do this for the rest of my life. You know, it's, it's, it makes so much sense to me. So, so I own things sometimes that I'm happy with, but I bet you, you and I can talk about this. I hope we can talk in a couple of years and we can see if I was right or wrong. But my, my guess is that that's going to be the biggest, biggest capital inflow Sector in, in, that I've ever been a part of. That, that's that's okay. what I'm guessing.
0: Okay, so since I met you a couple of years ago, you've always been bullish on royalties. That's been a consistent narrative in your portfolio. And as you said, right, you're very uh, intentional, right, with your with how you allocate capital, and therefore you don't divert too much from the main thesis. Does rising inflation right now, EB, and we're seeing this print number go up each month? Does that impact your portfolio at all? Or are you comfortable with how right. you have allocated capital already? All right. With that?
1: Yeah. So this is, this is complicated because, because I actually am worried about deflation.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And let me tell you, because a lot of people are going to say, wait a minute, you know, what's this guy talking about? Okay. I want people to understand that what we're dealing with here, you know, last night I was on the on the WhatsApp with a, a guy in Taiwan that I respect a lot. That's in the mining business in Australia. And, Banging his head against the wall. Okay. Everything you need is going up in price. Okay. Everything you own is going down in price. Think about it. Your stocks are down 20, 25%. I mean, if you own some of the the extremely risky stocks, they might be down 50% or more. Sure. Your crypto, your Bitcoin's gone from 70,000 to 20,000. Your pancake coin is, you know, not quite to zero yet, but it's on the way. Okay. So, so your house. All right. Like I've, I bought a lot of real estate in 2010, a lot of real estate. And I, for me, I mean, at the time I was younger, you know, it was all the money I had. I put into real estate. It was very cheap, about $10 a square foot. I sold all the real estate. This I have one place left that closes next month and I've sold all the real estate. Okay. Okay. To me, the real estate prices are softening big time. Okay, um, for various reasons we have to get into, but all the things that you own are going down. Now, let's let's have a more fun example. Okay, I, I like Rolex watches. I've always liked Rolex watches. When I was probably 25 years old, I remember seeing someone with an old Submariner, which was in the first Bond movie, and I was thinking that is the mm-hmm. coolest watch because you can, you can wear it. And you can give it to someone and my friend that introduced me to it said yeah i mean if you can't get across the border in some weird country take it off and give it to the border agent because everybody knows what that watch is and i thought I've, that's amazing so so i was like this watch but Rolexes became unbelievably popular it, during the pandemic because people were flush with cash they 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 were they wanted to buy stuff and so the price of Rolexes went through the roof i mean you're crazy to have bought a Rolex in the last two years, in my opinion. I mean, mm. these are watches that used to be like I used to buy them on trips. I would be on a trip skiing or something in Switzerland. the The dollar would be strong against the franc. I would buy a watch for like seven grand or something cheap that was supposed to be eighty five hundred in the U.S. And now that watch is like fifteen thousand, and you can't even get it. I mean, you've got to be on a list for like two years. It's crazy. I mean, no no one in their right minds could bet. Okay, why is that important? Because Some of the watches I like a lot, and so I'll track them on the secondhand websites, okay? And I'm watching them because I know uh, there's just one in particular that I'd really like to have right now. Okay, I'm watching this watch. It sells for like 30 grand from the store, but you can't get one. On the website, these were selling for like 40 grand. Okay, you're starting to see them come down. 39, somebody goes 35, boom, someone buys it. Okay, now 38, somebody goes 32, somebody buys it. You see where this is going? Okay, so my point is, is that I think, I feel very strongly that what's coming in the next few months is all these people with giant positions in pancake coin and too much real estate, and they barred against their stock account to buy a vacation home, and... They bought three watches because they were on a list and they got a phone call. So they bought three watches thinking I can always sell them for profit. I think these people are watching all this happen like deer in the headlights. And all the things they buy, like you were just talking about, are going up in price. Everything, the gasoline, the the food, the the labor, the the gutter breaks on their house is twice what they thought was everything. And I think they're going to say, you know, honey, maybe we should sell that Whistler, the second Whistler condo we have. We don't really need two condos there. We have a place. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's sell it. Let's sell it. Okay. What should we sell it for? Well, a million. Well, the realtor says it's only worth 900 now. Well, we can't lose money. Okay. You see how this goes? Yeah. And they try to hit this market and the market's not there. Okay. So my point is, what what does the average person do? I know this is a lot of information, so please forgive me. I'm not trying to confuse get, anyone here. But what, I, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you're the kind of person that's been sitting and looking at your pancake coin on your cell phone every day and saying, hmm, "Doesn't look very good for pancake coin," you know, I, I I'm going to hold out until I'm back where I, you know, what I paid for it. Okay, it might be time to take a, a very sober look at your total asset base and say do i have enough money to live until easter next year i don't know i mean it doesn't really matter you don't have to it, it, but 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 you might want to have this thing and say what if you know what if things don't go how i'm thinking and they get a little rocky am i going to be okay like, am I am I gonna mentally be okay? Or should I should I maybe sell a little bit of pancake coin? I mean, I know it's gonna be the future. Everybody's gonna be using it or sushi coin. It's hard to figure out. But but I know it's gonna be the future, so I don't want to look like a total idiot by selling all of it. But maybe I should just lighten up on it a little bit, you know, just just to be safe. Okay, because because I personally strongly believe that the overall market, I think the Fed is is actually trying to engineer this. And I'm. This is a Bloomberg terminal. Okay, behind me for anyone that's not seen it. Okay, yeah. This is where you have access to everything you could possibly. Now, I'm on this thing all day. I'm seeing so many financing deals for for takeovers collapse. Seriously, it's really big. It's a really big deal. Like you're having all these these takeovers that we supposed to. What happens is you announce a takeover, and then the investment bankers sell a bunch of bonds. To finance the takeover, then yeah. they're they're tied to the success of the new company. Okay, but the market's not there. What's happening is people are starting to scrutinize the bonds and saying, "I don't know about that, man. Those are some uh, really aggressive assumptions that you've made. I'm not going to buy that." And so what's happening is is they they're they're pulling the deals or they're changing the pricing. And what that means is they're testing the market, and the market's not there. It's weak. So what I'm saying to the people watching is. What if you have to test the market for your seven Panerai watches that you bought. Okay. Yeah. With your yeah. crypto money. And it's not there. It's not there. Okay. Are you going to be okay? If the answer is yes. Hey, no worries. But if you say, you know what, I'm a little, I'm a little riskier right now than I ought to be. I'm going to dial it back a little bit. Okay. Cause I mean, I can tell you right now, like what I'm doing with my, with, 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 I, I have a decent amount of cash at the moment. What I'm doing is I'm buying treasury bills and I'm, I'm getting I, the treasury bills are all right. Here's all the prices. Okay. So I'm every single day that there's a treasury auction, I'm buying treasury bills. Now this means four week, eight week, 13 week. This is like up to six. I mean, it's up to two years, but I'm, I'm not going out farther than six months right now, 26 weeks. I'm getting almost 3%. And everybody's like, "Well, wait a minute, EB, you're losing five percent because inflation, no, 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 you're wrong. Because I'm worried about deflation. Mm. I mean, obviously, I have large positions in my realty companies. Which, if you if you can follow the SETI filings, you know, I've I've put about three hundred grand Canadian into Metala since since Memorial Day or May in the U.S. Okay, you can follow that. So, I mean, obviously, like. I love my businesses, okay, and I'm very happy to be heavily invested. However, I also am a regular person where, you know, I need cash, lots of it. And so with that cash, I've been in the treasury market. I'm getting, you know, 3%. I mean, it's pretty good. I have, a, I have a savings account at Goldman. I get 1.2%. In the treasury market, I'm getting almost 3 If If the Fed raises rates Wednesday more, I'm going to get even more. And Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about losing 4% or something to inflation. I'm worried about deflation. And so when, when it comes time to take that cash and to buy things that I think are unbelievably cheap, that cash is liquid. I mean, US government say what you will about the overlords, but pretty strong. I mean, they got a, you know, they got a 13 nuclear powered battle groups, you know, pretty good. So it's, it's going to hold up. Okay. Hmm. So is, we're a long way from default. So what I'm saying is I'm happy to be in the treasury market at the moment because those, the rates are high and it's very liquid. You know, I can have, I can set up like rolling up, rolling dates for the bonds are rolling off. Right. So, you know, I can go four, eight, 13, kind of keep it rolling so that I always have enough cash to take action. But One last thing, the real estate that I am selling or it's all sold when I bought that stuff, nobody was buying real estate. Believe me, yeah. $10 a square foot and I would go to dinner. Okay, I would go to dinner. My friends would be like, what are you buying? Well, I'm buying rental houses. And they'd be like, ha, huh, you must not read the newspaper. The housing market just collapsed, idiot. I mean, this was the attitude, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so So, if everybody's confident, like everybody's saying, well, I'm not going to sell my pancake coin yet because you know, it's the future probably there's another there's another freight train coming so so i don't know for sure but but you can you can you can think about it and you can say when eb bought this stuff i mean th- like look i put all that money into Metal. i mean it's really hard to sell someone a gold royalty right now which is unbelievable because you yeah. have like 30 years of of exposure to somebody else's effort to dig gold out of the ground and gold's Gold's kind of done fine. I mean, think about it. Seventeen hundred bucks. I mean, I don't know. It's not that it's not that bad. Like it's that's not yeah. You know, yeah. flat 0% is pretty good this year. Compared honestly.
0: to every other asset yeah. class. You're right. And it's super
1: it's super liquid. Like you can you can boom, you can sell it twenty-three and a half hours a day. Yeah. You know, you can there's a market for it.
0: Okay. So I wanna back up to your your T-Bill strategy. You said you don't go longer than twenty-six weeks. What do you concerned about that wouldn't you wouldn't want to stretch that
1: time horizon any longer be well the rates are going up the rates are going up so so it's really hard to know like if they raise rates 75 basis points wednesday you know the 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 out you know the the six and and 12 month bills easily could have three and a half percent or something and right now or you know are like high twos so so yeah. I, my personal, the way I do it, and I don't know if this is the right way to do it, and I'm certainly not advising anyone, is when you don't know in life, you just spread it out. I mean, so you just say to yourself, okay, some for four weeks, some for eight weeks, some for 13, some for 26, some for 52. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what do we know? I mean, we, six months ago, you thought the Fed was never going to raise rates. So if you had bought treasury bills six months ago, it was yielding. Five basis points. Five basis points. Yeah. I mean, like, so now it's like over, some of these are over 250 basis points. Imagine that. I mean, so, so, so if you're strung out, you know, you have what's called duration risk. So you don't, you don't know what the world's going to look like at the end. Now, the other thing could happen too. If you, you know, if you lock in four weeks at two, what's the four week right now? Four week is 2.13%. That's pretty good. If you lock that in, and then the Fed were to cut rates, you might be, you know, you're rolling it over into half that. So who knows? But
0: there's a few people talking about deflation, not many, but I would say an increasing number a little bit. And so do you think, therefore, that we're going to go back to dropping rates within that six month time horizon when, because I think that's probably going to catch up with us. What do you think?
1: We'll we'll overcorrect monetary policy because inflation isn't as runaway as you think. Well, first of all, we're talking about it, Jay. So I mean, you know, we, you know, we lead the pack. So there will probably be other people talking about it soon. Okay. So uh, I, the Fed is playing a very strange game right now. So well, I think what they're doing is they're they're essentially. Uh, I gave a speech about this a couple of years ago about how globalization was over, and so we were moving back into trading in zones. And if you notice, the Fed is is aggressively pushing the price of the dollar higher to the point where, um, if you're a country, if you're a weaker country that has a lot of dollar based debt, Mm. I mean, it is not pretty. I mean, you, you're, 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 you're really running for the hills and, um, things are getting very scary. And so what the, what they seem to be doing is to, is to doing everything possible to protect the dollar system, to maintain this like world you know, power that they have over, over being able to tell other countries what to do and all this stuff. Okay. So, so how long can they do that? I mean, right now, so far, so good. My suspicion is if that goes on much farther, they're going to they're gonna run into massive opposition. And what that's probably going to look like is people opting out of the system, meaning there's probably going to end up being other countries that are going to say, this is too ridiculous. We're going to trade over here and we're going to do whatever we can to get out of this system because, you know, it's it's too hard for us. It's too mm. much. It's too volatile. Mm. So it's mercurial, as they would say. So, so um, that's the thing we need to watch. And it's impossible to make a prediction about that because uh, we don't exactly know what's really going on behind the scenes. I mean, we don't really know what the point of the Ukraine conflict is. We don't really know something is going on and and if you if you read the news and you see what's happening with gas supplies what's happening with grain um what's happening with with the actual government debt of ukraine being you know and guaranteed by the u.s and it's very odd everything all these things are happening are odd now does that mean it's conspiratorial no it means that um there's a bit of there's a bit of like a, a, a grudge match going on and we're not part of it. Like we're part of it because we're in the system. Okay. But we don't, we don't exactly know what's really being fought over. And, um, and when you, when you're in that scenario, you, you want to stay out of it. You don't want to, you don't want to go charging into a mob with a bunch of opinions. I mean, I mean, this is, mm. think about it. Russia is in technical default because the U S has frozen the money that it's supposed to use to pay its bonds. Yeah. Okay. That's like that's like if 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 the IRS freezes all your money and it's like you didn't you didn't pay your taxes and you're like, I, I can't I can't log into my bank account because yeah. you guys you guys froze the account. You, why would someone do that? I I don't know but but it's a it's a that's the real war. Okay. That's the real war that's going. So now someday that's going to change. I mean, if you get rates to like 5%, I mean, there's going to be bankrupt condo towers and, and, you know, people are going to be really hurting because they're heavily leveraged. Cities are going to be trying to refinance water bonds, you know, at high, at high interest rates. And they, and they were barely solvent at low interest rates. And that's about the time that the, that the housing, see every time, you, by the way, in Florida, there's no income tax. When you sell property, you pay this fee to sell the property, which is like almost 1% of the property, the price. You pay just like stamp fee. They don't even put a stamp. They don't even dignify you with putting a stamp on there. It's like a, just a fee. So basically what I'm saying is the county, the hotter the real estate market, the, the more flush the county is, there's money coming out of its ears. But if you slow all that down, right? The higher rates go, the transactions stop and you slow that down. And so the county's revenue goes down. See how this works? Okay, yeah. so how far can the Fed push it? I don't know. I mean, there's, there's going to be consequences and me, you, people watching this show, all you have to do is you have to just consider all this stuff. You have to just say, okay, it's like chess. There's three possible moves my opponent could make. It's impossible to say which one they're going to make. But let me just get ready for all three. Whatever move they make, I'll I'll respond accordingly. That's how you do it. So
0: then if I would have let me run you through my portfolio, Evie, and you let me know what you think, because I try to disconnect myself from the decisions, right? So that I've, I've got a robust portfolio that can survive. Whether the Fed goes this way or that way, right? Whether rates go up or down. And I hold more physical gold than most people that I speak to, except people like you, I guess, and a lot of guests that come on my show, but it's about twenty five percent, I would say, of my my uh, net worth in uh, in gold. I try to and about twenty five percent real estate, try to keep about twenty five percent cash. And the balances in equities, in my case, it's mainly equities that I'm familiar with, meaning precious metals and base metals. Um, where do you think I'm overexposed and at risk? And where do you think I'm set up for success?
1: Well, you've loaded yourself into a cannon. I mean, so so there's po- positives and negatives to that. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to let everyone know that the GDX, which is the US Gold Large Mining Index, 0% of the stocks are above their 200-day moving average. That means that there's not one stock in the entire ETF. <laughs> That that is not in a in a nosedive. Okay, so when that happens, it's happened before. When that happens, typically at some point you are at the point of maximum pain, and the the gold stocks tend to turn from maximum pain and radically eject out of maximum pain, and nobody trusts that, so it keeps going. Do you, do you understand this? It's like everybody. It's like when somebody quits drinking or something. Nobody believes they'll do it. So that's how. Okay. So <laughs> the the thing about your portfolio is is that you you would say to yourself, for better or for worse, I put myself in a cannon, and I'm gonna the fuse is gonna burn and burn and burn. I'm you know I hope it'll suffocate in here, but someday I'm gonna go flying out the top of it, and it's gonna be wild. So so that's I think what you should see now. In my book, I write about how much gold to have. It's a question everyone has. There's not a real answer to it. But but uh, I think the percentage is much smaller than you would think. And I give people like a little table to kind of the metrics of a little table to calculate what's right for you so that you can come to that conclusion on your own. And then obviously some of the stocks you mentioned I like. However, I think it's fair for people to know that for years, I've been a huge fan of dividend reinvestment stocks, and um, I have a lot of them. and And they're extremely boring. Um, mm. I've, during the pandemic, uh, I, I was able to buy Chevron at at seven and a half percent dividend yield. It's gone up, by the way, the, the yield since then. Uh, Conoco Phillips, Phillips sixty six makes makes the precursor chemicals for plastics. You know, ethylene and Polyethylene, all this stuff, and there, there's not much capacity in that business. Boring, boring, boring. Uh, banks, U.S. banks. My, my grandfather was the was the chairman of a of a small bank when I was a kid. Uh, he taught me all about banking. It's very, it's like being a librarian for money. The some of the U.S. banks right now, I, I have my favorites. I like, you know, not the biggest ones, but I think like the regional guys are interesting to me that are not too mortgage exposed by the way because that business is getting hurt they're yielding over 4%. So I mean you can you know you can find a bank that that is not strung out with with mortgage like well Fargo's business is very tied to mortgage origination it's kind of a problem but 4% okay so you so when you can buy some of these things at, at 4% yield uh, it's amazing. I mean to me it's kind of like no everybody says well that's that's not going to shoot me out of a cannon I get it. It's not going to shoot you out of a cannon. Your gold is not going to shoot you out of a cannon. Gold is not going to, I mean, some people think it's going to rocket to 10,000. I, I don't know. I, I'm not betting on that. I mean, that, that would be, obviously would be very, quite wealthy if that happens, but basically the gold is not for making gains. I agree hundred percent. The gold, the gold is, you know, concrete on the bottom of your house. I mean, yeah. you yeah. want that concrete to be, to be a certain thickness. If you have like a 25 foot thick concrete subfloor it's arguably you know you just spend a lot of money on concrete so but if it's uh, six inches you know that the house is going to break right so so anyway so that's how you want to look at it and and, and it, it, what what happens is is that you know nobody ever takes the time to make a little pie chart on excel and to just say what is what do i own i mean what I, you know they're they're just saying I was in the newsletter business for a while, you right? know, so it's so, super annoying. People would say, I got to, I got to make enough money to retire by next month. I mean, I need, I need one of those like pancake coin ideas. Come on, come on, give me that, give me that. I mean, you yeah. you know, as well as I do, the, the, the 5,000% gainers, I'm sure you've had at least a few, they're accidents. Yeah. So so like, it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the sending you know, a a tiny bit of money every month to your drip account, you know, you, you, it really adds up, man. I mean, it's like, you you know, you, you end up, your accountant says, boy, you're, you're, you're taking in a lot of dividend checks, you know, Mm. and, and, uh, and they're, they're rolling over, right? So they're buying more stock and yeah, or with real estate, with real estate, you know, you don't make money by flipping real estate. I don't. No, you make you make money by when you buy. You make money when you buy, and so and so. My point is is that um, you want to look at yourself as building a little micro empire. That's what you want to do. Yeah. How much your How much of your empire is going to be dedicated to reconnaissance and conquering? other territories.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not
1: yeah. that not that much. I mean, not yeah. that much. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know, fifteen percent or something. I mean, like, you know, yeah. you have there's a lot of protecting the home front that goes on in empire building.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, I, I try to keep that mindset. You know, when I think about my portfolio, that's what the goal is to me, man. It's the never have to touch insurance policy, plan on leaving to my kids, but I sleep way better knowing that I've kind of got my own bank scenario going on. Right. Sure. Um, Real estate. I mean,
1: I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you, you you barely think there's turmoil and you're just thinking, yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, okay. (laughs) It's like, it happens, right? It happens. It's, it's, it's and whereas most people are panicking, panicking. I mean, believe me, I had, I had, I, at my cigar lounge, there's a guy that, that I won't say the bank, but with one of the major wall street firms, does portfolio lending. Okay. So this guy, if you have like 50 million bucks, this guy will loan you your own money. All right. And they've been doing that. What they do is they charge 80 basis points. Okay. Eight tenths of 1%. Yeah. Plus uh, SOFR. SOFR is like the new LIBOR. Okay. So SOFR was five, you know, and, and now it's like, I don't, I don't you know, it's, it, let's say, let's say it's going to be two. Okay. So, you know, you go from, 85 basis points to to you know to 280. All right, that's that's a big amount of money. I'm saying like 10 million bucks. You know, you're talking about like you, you know quarter million dollars a year effectively in, in yeah. differential. Okay. Yeah. And I was this guy was telling me he was telling me he's like, nah, people don't care. You know, the the market's down 20, percent but so what? People have made so much money. You know, and they're so rich. Okay. But a lot of these people borrowed against their their Portfolio to buy a house that was more house than they needed. It's it's fashionable to buy in the U.S. like a yeah. nine thousand foot house for two people with one kid. Okay, also that's very poorly constructed. It's made of cardboard and caulk and plastic. So and terrible to look at. But then the the market goes up and and you know what the lender guy says. He goes, you know what you need. You know what you need. You need a, a ski house. That's what you need. So. They get a ski house. Now, okay, so my point is, I asked this guy, has anybody been reducing leverage? He goes, nah, man, no way. No way, everybody's so rich. Okay, those people Hmm. do not have the type of portfolio that you have. Hmm. now. And I'm not saying that they're bad for not having it because you also didn't make 30% a year in tech stocks for a while. Yeah. So shame on you. But what I'm saying is, is that, those people have not experienced uh, a down market for a while and I'm not sure they'll handle it. Well, Mm. whereas Mm -hmm. what you're talking about is you're talking about seven or eight hours of restful, deep REM sleep per night and uh, pretty much being able to do what you want in life. And which doesn't mean everybody watching the show, like these people, you got to understand something to be, to be independently wealthy or, successful you don't need your own airplane you you don't what you need is to be able to do what you're doing whereas you don't have somebody barking at you you know go go do this and that all day i mean maybe a spouse but i'm just saying that that financial freedom is not that doesn't mean you're having six houses yeah
0: i'm so with you if people yeah,
1: yeah. Need to, in my book i talk about this in my book you know it was something something i i set my mind to early on was was intellectual freedom. And to have intellectual freedom, I needed financial freedom. And financial freedom is not as out of reach as people think. You yes. can get there. And when you get there, it's the it's big blue sky from there on. And
0: And financial freedom, to me, it's like financial confidence. Like the reason I have gold is because I got three kids now. Back when I had one, and I was fairly financially unstable, right? And there was many terrifying weeknights and weekends. And that's the reason I purchased um, peace of mind. That's what I think about. And just for the record, I didn't just go stroke a check and buy a bunch of gold, right? It was a slow accumulation process, right? Over a handful of years, same thing in real estate. And yes, I speculate heavily every once in a while, you might be so lucky as to get one of those major wins the first thing I do is pull that cash off the table and put it in something stable. And then I can go back to the game, knowing if I get wiped out when I'm gambling, right? It's not going to wipe me out, right? It's just going to, yeah, you don't want to get taken out of the game. Okay. Awesome. Look, Evie, thanks so much for coming back on. This is great chatting with you. Everybody should check out why gold, why now, um and where can we send people eb otherwise to get more from you okay
1: so you by the way you can get why gold Why now in uh uh, canada all over the world in soft cover paperback hardback audible it's me reading the book so if you have audible you can listen and this book is not just about gold this is the book to study this summer because right now it's a calm before the storm this is when you want to feed your mind with, with mental protein. Okay. You need to be ready for what's coming. And, uh, and that's, that's why it's important. It's available everywhere. So uh, look, I mean, I don't have anything to sell people, you know, other than a a book, which is not very expensive. I don't have a, a newsletter or anything. So what I would say is come back to this channel and let's get together towards the end of the year. And let's see, let's see what happened. Because, because my suspicion is behind door number three is probably, something nasty is coming there's something is cooking that's not good and um and that's why we're talking about this stuff is because if you if you've spent some time quietly studying you'll be all right you'll make it and some Mm -hmm. people are not going to make it you know so um they'll physically make it but they're they're going to have a lot less than they thought they had when it's over. So yeah. that's, that's, that's what I suggest. And, and, you know, we'll revisit and see, we'll see if that's how it worked out or not.
0: Love that. Okay. Thanks CB. Appreciate it, man.
1: Okay. Talk to you soon.
0: If you enjoy my content, do me a favor, follow or subscribe to this podcast, drop me a rating and a review and share this with a friend. All of these things allow me to get bigger and better guests on the show. Now you can catch me all over social media at
1: jmartinbc. Thanks for tuning in.